Hey, hey there, business owner. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. This is our weekly episode, and I'm so happy you are here. Let's get started. Hey there, entrepreneur. This is Annette Walter. I'm your host of the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. I'm a business growth coach, operational strategist, and growth-minded entrepreneur just like you on the path to scaling our businesses and beyond. This is the place where you will hear real stories from entrepreneurs just like you that are growing and scaling their businesses and beyond. And guess what? I am on a mission to grow a community of purpose-driven entrepreneurs that feel surrounded, feel supported, and that's really the purpose of this podcast. So you're in the right place if you need a little pep in your step, want to hear what is happening out there with other entrepreneurs, what's working, what's not working, how they're feeling. And I'm really excited about today's guest, Shana Cosgrove. Shana is the CEO of Nyla, a software engineering and data science services firm. She's a small business and woman-owned business. She also has her 8A certification and HubZone certification. Most recently, she launched a marketing company called Vital Up Marketing and launched a podcast called Outspoken that speaks to women in tech and covers topics about women in money and growing their businesses in the tech space. This is a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed my time with Shana and I am proud of her and her growth. And I just really enjoyed everything that she shared. She's honest and relatable, and you're really going to gain a lot from her in this conversation today. So I really hope you enjoy your time here with us. As always, you don't have to do this alone, entrepreneur. I'm here for you. Make sure you reach out, and I will see you soon. Keep evolving. Welcome, Shana. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Annette. I'm really happy you are here. Today, we are joined by Shanna Cosgrove. She is the CEO of Nyla, which is a software engineering and data science services firm, Um, a mom and wife, and also the owner of another company, Vital Up, which is a marketing firm, and most recently, a podcast host with your new podcast, Outspoken. So I can't wait to hear all about that and share that with our audience here today. So thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. So let's do the quick version, okay? The quick data story, you can start at college, you can start, you know, wherever you wanna start. What brought you to this point in your life where right now you're this rock star mom with these two companies, podcast hosts, like, tell me all about it. Sure, I went, off to college. I actually declared my major before I went to college. So I declared that I was going to major in computer science in an engineering school. And I went to the University of Virginia. I'm actually from Pittsburgh, but I wanted to go out of state. Of course, you know, uh, that was so important to go out of state, but I went to University of Virginia. I never switched my major. I graduated in four years And upon graduation, many of the companies interviewing the computer science graduates are government contracting firms. Mm -hmm. So it was also at the start, this is in 1998, excuse my 
dog. You're also uh, a, new, a new puppy mom, right? Yes. What kind of um, dog? Tell us what kind of dog. A golden retriever. Oh, and he loves his mommy so much. Okay, we're used to uh, dogs around here. Um, so this was in 1998. The web browser was just starting to be a thing. Yeah. This was when AOL was extremely popular, and you were still getting CDs and chat rooms and not everyone had their own computer. So I actually went off to college without a computer. I had to haul over to the computer lab and I finally got my dad to buy me a computer, I think junior year of college. So wow. I was you're a CS bringing, major. You're bringing me flashbacks here. I don't think I ever yeah. got the computer actually. <laughs> <laughs> and so I graduated and I went to work at a large government contractor in Alexandria, Virginia. We were right off the Braddock Metro, and my job was to create a simulation of the control panel. So on another floor, there were electrical engineers designing the central control panel, like the main computer that would run an SH-60 helicopter for NAVAIR. And we were working on uh, the simulation of it. So I worked there for two years, then I went to a dot-com company because I was like, I have to know about web browsers and web-based software at the time. And I didn't love it. I didn't think it was very interesting. Um, I was assigned like a horoscope app. It was kind of a my Yahoo competitor. Mm-hmm. And then I um, ended up working on PKI. So that's the certificate authorities and ensuring that whatever you send or when you're connecting to your bank, when you see HTTPS, it's making sure that your bank is who you're actually thinking it is. So it's like a driver's license for the internet, both for the computers and for you. And I got my master's at night and um, I got my master's in systems engineering. Wow. And I got recruited to work by the Aerospace Corporation and they actually sign off on ensuring that most of the satellites that go up by the Air Force are in fact ready and authorized and that the launches will go successfully. So, so cool. I loved the Aerospace Corporation, but I didn't love working with aerospace engineers <laughs> because building a satellite or building a, um, a sensor that goes on a satellite is a very, very different process in software. So in software, literally you can make a change, push it live, make a change, push it live, make a change, push it live. And the people who worked in this software was a very marginalized aspect because it was a tiny aspect of the software at the time. And you also wrote the code like you would write code for an airplane where it absolutely has to be correct. Wow. You don't get chances to like really fix it. And I, it was at that time that I was like, I really want to start my own business. And I had the blessing, I think, of working for a variety of businesses. And I just had this feeling that I could do it. I related to people who run marathons where other people look at marathon runners and say like, oh, I could do that. Like I should, I should do that. And it never went away. It was never an easy, clear path. And then I ended up taking a random job with a tiny little company who was a government contractor at Fort Meade. And that's where I met my husband, came up to Baltimore. He had a house in Fed Hill, Mm -hmm. right near the 7-Eleven as you go over uh, to the stadium. Oh, those are some fun times. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so I met my husband at work and he proposed. I moved into his house in Fed Hill and now we're a Baltimore family. And it was from that house and that uh, 
couch that I started the business. Wow. My son was one. Wow. I love, I love how you just related that though, to wanting to run a marathon. I think that that's a great analogy because there are people out there that will think about running a marathon and there are people will say, I will never do that. And then there's the people that are actually really will train and, and, and do it. But business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So tell us about from couch to those early years, what were some of the feelings that you felt? How did you know what you wanted this company to be? Well, the early feelings I felt were a lot of sadness and tears and stress. And um, I mean, at the time when I started my business, I had to work in the business. So I didn't have the luxury of simply working on the business. So I would work 40 hours a week as an engineer for a government customer. And then I had to do all of the growing the business in my lunch, in my morning and my free time. I had a one-year-old site on client site. Yes. And I had a one-year-old and I was trying to get pregnant. I had miscarriages Mm. and it was much harder to grow a business than I thought it would be. I think I just thought that it would be easy for me. I just really had this assumption or this false assumption that like life is easy and that everything will be easy for me. And it was really a ton of work Mm -hmm. and even when you get advice, so even if you have a mentor, their, admi- their advice might be terrible or they might give you a recommendation and that person is very different working for them than they are for you. So for example, they could love their accountant and you could have a terrible experience with their accountant. So even taking that time to figure out your tools and your vendors and your partnerships is really takes a long time. You don't know who's the right accountant for you. You don't know, uh, you might have a sense of the processes, but it really takes a while to go through and get that set up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just say it was really, really hard and I just didn't quit. Um, so at what point do you remember having um, clarity and momentum and getting a little bit out of the weeds in your business? Was it year three or four, or maybe a little bit earlier or later? Well, the first year and a half of our business was actually, well, the first year I actually had the paperwork. I didn't tell my boss till six months in, then he took like another month. And so it was one year from paperwork till I actually started working in the business. Then it was another year and a half before our company got a clearance. So it was essentially two and a half years before from paperwork until I was a qualified, like even able to really compete. Mm -hmm. Um, And from then on, it got a little better. I think when um, I put an ad out for someone to help me behind the scenes and I put an ad out on a Facebook moms group, I was looking, you know, I didn't have a budget for a full-time person, but I needed someone who was going to be home during the day or willing to do some work during like normal business hours to follow up on bills, right? Like reach out to candidates and schedule things. Um, And I met, she's now our chief operating officer, Amanda O'Donohue. That's wonderful. I've heard you really speak highly of her. Yeah. And it it felt a lot, a lot less lonely when she came on board. And then my husband came on. That's great. Yeah. So in the beginning, I think it felt lonely because you have this dream and you're like, 
kind of the vendors or even your potential customers are like, get in line, like everyone else is telling us the same story and they're unproven. Mm -hmm. So I think it takes a bit of, um, not that they're trying to intentionally haze you, but they're testing you to see how you're, you know, like someone will give you a chance and then see how you do with that chance. Um, and then once we got over about 25 people, I think people started to know us. We had a lot more momentum, more energy. The excitement uh, and the energy of building the company went from kind of me as an individual and Amanda to other people being excited and, and pulling it in. So it's a lot more fun now. It's a Absolutely. lot more fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you've done so well. So, so, and, but in the space that you're in, not everyone really fully understands. And I'm sure in the infant stages of your career and the, and the company, you were really trying to figure out the right road to navigate this government space. So, so any words of wisdom there to share for people that are really trying to penetrate that market, get into that market um, that you might be able to give some insight about? Yeah, I think there's two. Um, we're in the intelligence community, which definitely has a lot of hidden information and you have to have those accesses to uh, get in. There's a lot for kind of standard government contracting. A lot of information is available. It's more clear. But I think at the end of the day, there's a lot to be said for sticking out your hand, being humble, mm -hmm. trying to provide as much value as you can, even when you're kind of at the bottom mm -hmm. and uh, thanking people for their time and their information, even if their information is wrong or points you in a bad you know, path, it's, it's, it ends up being like, they remember meeting you they remember how they felt and like it can come back years later, some conversation where an opportunity is met. So I think it's a lot of sticking your hand out, saying hello, having conversations, learning what other people are trying to solve right. and seeing if you can provide them value and back and forth. Right. Right. I guess sticking your hand out like for a handshake pre-COVID, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. My old ideas. Remember CD-ROMs? And now I'm talking about shaking hands. So, yeah, I think a lot of it is just being brave and uh, picking yourself up when you get knocked down. I mean, there's still times today where we get knocked around a little bit because we're a small business. Um, and so I remember that, too, when I'm talking to people who were in my position. Mm -hmm. um, Yes. And yeah, I just think it's to know it's not going to be easy and you can do it. It's just one foot after another. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I've always admired about you, Shana, is your tenacity and your perseverance and, and your realness, you know, you're very honest that it's, it's a lot, it's hard, but you're going to keep on doing it and keep on growing. And it's not always a cakewalk, right? Yeah, I have, I, I struggled a little bit sometimes because people look at our social media or my own personal social media and think we have it all figured out or it's so successful, but I think behind the scenes, you know, it's the duck paddling furiously or yes. lots and lots of late nights or working on weekends and, um, you know, there's tons of getting up at four in the morning to get an hour worth of work in before your kid wakes up, but your kid wakes up at 4.45 because you're not there. And then you're doing your work with your baby on you. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of uh, 
just getting used to the grind. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always feel like the second we wake up earlier, we have like that hour block. It's like, they always like smell you like you're up or something. It's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to still be sleeping. How does that always happen? Right. And now, now with the dog, now the dog's like, Oh, I know. Yeah. You're yeah. <laughs> with you. Oh my goodness. Okay. So do you want to talk about vital up a little bit? The market? Yeah, sure. Great. Tell us about it. So we, Nyla is a um, woman owned 8A certified and hub zone certified small business. Yes. Well and for federal government contracting, those are all designators that mean something that the government has goals, not requirements, but they have goals to have 5% of their entire spend be sent to woman-owned business. They have, I think, more for 8A and 3% for HubZone. Mm-hmm. Um, when we started our business, the HubZone requirements are that you have to have 35% of your employees have to live in a HubZone. Mm-hmm. And it's much easier to meet the requirements when you're small and say out of 15 people, you only need a uh, a little over three, you know, like you need three and a half people to meet those requirements. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the time we met it was by people on overhead. Mm -hmm. And it was a real question of how are we going to make revenue and keep our hub zone numbers? Because we believe in the hub zone program. The hub zone program is designed to revitalize areas that have a depressed economy. So other programs are based upon the owner and kind of help the owner, but the hub zone program is specifically focused on revitalizing the economy. And so we decided that we were going to focus on digital marketing. Um, The person who started working for me, who is now my business partner, he had built a whole website and passive income um, in his free time. So he was a mechanical engineer. And so he started working with Nyla and we started getting clients for website uh, dev- development and search engine optimization. And it seemed really weird to run it through Nyla. It also didn't seem fair to him, um, you know, that he was just getting a cut of an hourly rate versus a real partnership. And I kind of couldn't do it without him because I'm not into SEO, um, but I'm more visually focused. I'm very into from building software for the government, the entire user experience across a a suite of applications. What does your website look like? Uh, Is your product really achieving its uh, KPIs that you're focused on, right? Like for most people, you want people clicking sign up or buy is -hmm. a classic example. Mm -hmm. So we set up a a second business um, Mm -hmm. and that started in the... December, 2019. That's great. We just finished our second year. That's great. So, so, and that's, that is a really interesting space and always, you know, changing based on algorithms and all of those different. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I know you're also highly creative, not just from like the, the visual and graphic side, but just from the problem solving and negotiating side. So, so what does that bring you vital up? Um, I think one thing in government contracting, it's a little bit feast or famine. It's like lions hunting down the antelope where you either win a contract or you don't. Mm -hmm. And if you don't win a contract, then you're hoping you get scraps of others. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be the procurement cycle or the award cycle can take a really long time. So from the time you know about uh, 
an RFP is coming out till the time you submit it can be a year and then it can be one year until they actually award it. Right. So with the marketing company, I get to help people more directly. We get to see the changes much more quickly. It's, um, it's fun. You know, it's like a good outlet for me where I get to, I like to boss people around. So I like to like, but just come into my clients and be like, you know, this is what you should do. Like, you don't have to take my advice. You don't have to take pay me. Right. You could do a portion of this or figure out how to do it. Like maybe cheaper and not outsource it. But this is what I would do if, if I was in your space. That's and great. it's nice because I have a very broad perspective and because it's not my core money, I'm not like dying every day, whether it happens or not. Right. Like, right. And I think, you know, that's what makes Nyla so much more intense, but Nyla, I feel like is a ship it's out at sea. It's probably like going to get to the other side, you know, like mm -hmm. Nyla's going to be fine now. But in the beginning, I was so worried, like, is my business going to survive? How am I showing my differentiators? Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I worked on a project as an engineer and on that project, let's say there were 20 engineers, four mm -hmm. of us were business owners. Mm -hmm. So it was a very crowded marketplace. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think with each over time, like they each teach me different types of skills. Um, you know, the marketing company has really helped with that differentiation and where are we and are we going after the right clients? Uh, and I think the big thing to learn is really honing in on who are your ideal clients. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people, it's really scary to go narrow. Mm -hmm. You want to think that you want to be broad, but the problem with being broad is often you're not strong in other services. Uh, and when you're narrow, you know, it's like you come alive on a certain function, that client gets you. Uh, so for us in the marketing company, yes, we do graphics and social marketing, but it's not the same for the more automation, uh, really creating the drip campaign, kind of all that technical stuff we really love where a lot of people are like, well, and just want to throw it over the wall. And right. we love watching the data and seeing like, oh, look at this graph. Like this client doesn't even use us anymore, but look how many people go to their website from right. search engines. So. Yes. Well, I mean, like you, you're just hitting the nail on the head, the automation, the process, the tracking, all of that, you know, when you really have your thumbprint on that and you see it working, it, it's just, it's a smart way to market, a smart way to invest your, your marketing dollars. And that's just huge to have that as a component. And I love how you were saying, you know, the, the sales cycle is different in both of these companies and they complement one another. And that was your strategy behind that, right? You've got yeah. the anchor out at sea that's eventually gonna, you know, get to the other side of the ocean eventually, right? It's gonna get to the destination, but it's just going to be taking a lot longer. So yeah. to get almost, and, and you know, entrepreneurs get bored, right? So, so to have this other company for you that's stimulating you and keeping you just growing and intrigued as you really have this other thing going and churning with a longer sales cycle, that's really, it's really um, interesting. It's great. Yeah. So, Sometimes we have to actually tell our clients, like, are you prepared to actually have your business grow, right? Like you have these goals, 
now you're spending this money, you're going to start seeing your business increase. And sometimes even just preparing for that growth is quite a change. It's, are you ready to bring on a person? What type of work do you have? So it's tied to your marketing is 100% tied to your strategy. It really has to be. So you really have to know what clients do you want more of? What work do you want more of? What's your ideal scenario? Mm-hmm. Well, the work that you were doing, you were really acting like um, a, a, you're the salesperson. You know, you're going through and making this other, you're another sales individual for them, right? Right. Yeah. You have the sales funnel that's just generating exactly what they need. Yeah. Uh, probably more effective a lot of times than your traditional salesperson. Well, I think you know, people are connected at all times. So we are a digital marketing company Mm -hmm. and we understand that while sticking your hand out and going to networking events is absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. um, There are still a lot of value into building an online presence to existing online and to letting people buy from you at one in the morning when they're finally like their kids are in bed, they're laying in bed with their phone in their hand and they're scrolling and they're on Instagram and now they can shop. They can buy your t-shirt now. That's right. So what do you think business owners are missing the most out there? That's an, an easy thing to do that they should be doing that most business owners aren't. Is there anything like that? That'd be a good. Oh, 100%, 100%. It's LinkedIn. So many people have weak LinkedIn profiles and most businesses are business to business sales. So, um, or at least that's a lot of who we support is business to business sales. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is really becoming the number one platform for business to business sales. It's the follow-up for the in-person network. It's in the old days of Facebook, I used to go to a party, I was single and I would like follow up who were the people at the party and trying to build my network. And it's the same professionally. And I think a lot of people are really uncomfortable posting. Um, They're so afraid to speak up. But there's so much you can do from even a benign, a totally benign, non-braggy way, because LinkedIn isn't a, a hardcore sell. It's very off-putting, just it, as it would be if it's the first time you met somebody and you immediately tried to close a sale. But just as you would at a meeting, you could talk a little bit about yourself, learn about others. And that's the main platform. That's the number one thing I have everyone who is in business to business. And typically people who are even direct to consumer, I typically have them look into where should they sell for business to business because it often just 10Xs, right? It's it's a big client to get. It's much more steady. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had, we had one client who was selling um, boxes to individuals, but, oh, well, if you could create an after-school program, then you sell 10 boxes plus the reach of who knows you is much, much greater, right? So they might not sign up that cycle, but they might sign up later. And so I think for 10Xing your business, you do have to focus on these harder to get clients, but they fill it up while you are working with consumers. That's great. That's great. That's a really good tip. I'm a huge LinkedIn fan. And um, I love seeing your podcast on on LinkedIn most recently. So tell us all about the podcast. Well, I was definitely inspired by you. Um, I have to admit, I I was. I thought um, 
Well, I, I've always wanted to write a book. I started a, a blog years ago about trying to encourage other women to go into computer science. And I like speaking more than I like writing. <laughs> I love talking. And I, I think I was also upset that there was this article where this man listed like the top people in tech and not one of them was a woman. Mm. And I was originally gonna focus on women in tech and then um, someone said to me, like, you love business. You're so into business. And then another major thing I want women to be great at is making money mm-hmm. and keeping their money and growing their money. And I'm not great at it. So it's educational for me. But how do, what are the fields that make money? What are things that you can do to make more money? What can you do to save and invest your money? And so it is diving across all of those topics, technology, which I love talking about money, business, and passion. And um, it's some in-depth interviews with people, mainly in the Baltimore, Washington, DC region. So government contract focused, a lot of um, very senior women who have been in tech. um, So there are some fabulous interviews on there. And we're going to definitely drop that link in the show notes so that you can uh, jump right into that. And and subscribe to the outspoken podcast. It's, it's really well done and you've done a really good job. And I know, I mean, it's, it's such a great platform. It really is because it gives you such a different form of connection and form of sharing information and form of really helping other people out there in the community, because it's, it's almost like the listeners behind the scenes, like, it's like, okay, what do I need today? Like, what am I going to listen to today? And you know, if you look at my library of podcasts, it's all over from like crime mystery to spirituality, to sleep, to motivational, like it just depends on what you need. So I love those topics of, of women in tech and, and women in money. Um, There's been so many conversations that I've had lately um, around women and money mindset, um, a lot of them lately. So um, that's great. So how can we help you, Shana? Where, what, what do you want to ask the universe? What's, what's to come? How can we help you? How can we support you? How can we promote you? Well, for Nyla, if you are looking for your software engineer, Linux-based systems engineer, uh, principal systems engineer, and you love working on full stack software engineering, please go to hello.nyla.io. Awesome. If you're a large business and you're looking for partnerships, Nyla focuses on the IC and the Department of Defense. So we are across the entire IC and moving more into DOD. And we are the best subcontractor uh, to work with and great talent. Awesome. And if you want help with marketing and 10xing your business in an automated way where you just sit back and the phone calls start coming in, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're your people at Vital Up Marketing. And I will say it is so exciting in business when the phone calls start coming to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is like the best change when your phone just rings off the hook and you're just booking people for times to start locking in the work. It is a, it is a big shift. And so I will tell anyone listening that growing a business is truly like planting a seed and it takes a while to grow. And then once it grows, it continues to build upon itself. And um, it's very exciting. I think in the beginning, I wasn't sure that like my seed was gonna grow. And now that it's like largely healthy, it's still tied to the stick, but it's gonna make it. And um, 
and it's it's thrilling to see it out there. But I think it takes some faith and um, just keep going. Absolutely. That is such a good share. That is such a good share. I don't know if you listened to the express tip that I dropped. Um, I think it was maybe one or two weeks ago, but it talks about the Chinese bamboo. Do you know the story of the Chinese bamboo? No. Well, you plant the seed and you water it for five years underground. Oh. And it does not start to grow until year five. And when it does in six weeks, it it grows the size of a large building, like nine. Wow. And that's what it feels like sometimes. And if you stop watering, that is very accurate. It does. It does. So it's a really good, um, a really good analogy out there. And that's exactly, um, that's just such a good share. And it's like, you're right. You're right. And, um, vital up just passed that two-year mark, right? It's huge. So congratulations there. So let's end on this, Shana. So tell me, what is your mantra, your words to live by that, like, you know, personal phrase that you go to that when you have those days or those moments of doubt or whatever creeps in, you know, what kind of keeps your, what what do you tell yourself to keep on going? I've changed recently to saying I get to, I get to run my business. I get to pick up my kids from school. I get to make this phone call. Um, And to remember, so I think I used to be a big complainer. (laughs) I used to complain about everything. I was born like a complainer. And I think, you know, I I focus on the gratitude and and the things that bring me joy in my life. And then sometimes when it's just a rough day, being absolutely sure that you do something that brings you joy in that day, right? There might be days that are just really hard, but you have your... um, anchors and whether that's cuddling with your kids at night or getting the heck out of the house and going on for a walk by yourself but you have to have the uh, joyous moments built in so I think it's a focus on everyday joy infused in my life and um, appreciating all that I have is probably my my mantra so even though I want to build to be this industry disruptor and be the greatest government contracting business there ever was Today, I am still grateful for where I am, how far I've come, and that I still have opportunity ahead of me. Absolutely. And Shana, I mean, I am so proud of you. Honestly, I've seen you do that work. I've seen that change in you over the past couple of months, especially. So kudos to you. Congrats to you and your businesses. Congrats on the podcast. Thanks. And you know, the best is yet to come. You are going places and I just cannot wait to hear what's to come and, and watch you make it happen. Well, thank you for your um, kind words and for your leadership and WPO. It's been uh, a great group. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And we'll drop everything in the show notes. You can um, learn more about Shana and Vital Up and Nyla and the podcast. And thanks for being here, entrepreneurs. We're so proud of you. Keep evolving. Bye, Shana. Bye. Wow. What an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future.
anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.